There's nothing common about racing in the Commonwealth. From asphalt to dirt, from drag racing to road courses, it's all right here in Racing Virginia. Welcome to the Racing Virginia podcast. I'm Dave C. I'm Brandon Brown. And we's back. <laughs> we is? We is. All right. Uh, missed you guys. Yeah, we have missed you guys. There's a lot been going on behind the scenes, though, folks. And uh, I think that you're going to really enjoy uh, what is going to be happening here on the Racing Virginia podcast and Racing Virginia as a whole. We've got some things that we really want to do to kind of bring the whole market together, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. the whole racing community together a little bit more. And we have a little bit more control now. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if they want us to have control of this thing. <laughs> Dave, giving you too much control of anything is uh, is a slippery slope. But man, it has been, I'm telling you what, it has been too long. I mean, we really enjoy doing this podcast for you guys. And we got a great show. Yes, we do. We got a great show. Uh, we're, we are going to have Peyton Sellers on. Of course, we are going to be talking uh, first race of the Triple Crown. Yep, the Virginia Triple Crown which will be at South Boston Speedway. That is very true. I'm going to be heading down to South Boston on Saturday uh, for the Thunder Road Harley-Davidson 200 presented by Grand Atlantic Ocean Resort. That's a mouthful. I'm not going to have to say that every time, Emma. Man, I wish I could get the, uh, <laughs> an, an ocean resort to be <laughs> so. That sounds that sounds pretty dang on good. Yeah. So as we're back here with uh, with the Racing Virginia platform, the Racing Virginia podcast is back as well, and and we are really excited about that. Uh, and we're going to kick that off uh, by promoting and talking about one of the uh, one of the biggest races in the entire state i would say this with weekend. the uh, with the 200 lapper yeah. at south boston and uh and bringing peyton sellers on the leader of the national point standings right now the advanced auto parts weekly series national championship he got he got it right he got it right <laughs> ain't been gone that long <laughs> no no he's still here the uh, wheels are still turning up there dave they are still turning before we get to Peyton and uh, the interview and talking about South Boston Speedway for this weekend, of which you'll be going. I will. I will be there. Uh, and uh, but the thing that we, I guess, need to kind of let everybody know what's been happening behind the scenes yeah, a little bit. For sure. Uh, first of all, I haven't left Virginia Motor Speedway. I'm still there. Okay. Uh, Good for you, man. Yeah, doing a lot of other things on top of it. Uh-huh. This, and I've even joined you down there for a few races myself this and, year. And I'm gonna tell you what, I kind of kicked myself in the butt. Because I turned you on to XR. I know. And they stole me away from you on the weekends. So it was some week, some weekends. Yeah, some weekends. But but I'm I'm Brandon uh is now working for XR. Yes. So I uh no longer work at Richmond Raceway. Uh and I accepted a job with XR with just short for accelerated. And uh, what they do, uh, what the company does is uh, um, they're a production company and an events company that uh, promotes and puts on dirt races. Some of the best in the business. Some of the best in the business around the country. And right now they're in the Midwest uh, doing uh, a a week's worth of Midwest dirt races. Yeah, Yeah, modified tour, I think. Yeah, yeah. The Midwest Madness, I believe it's called. So, um, still sitting there learning announcing dirt races going to texas to do uh yeah, going to texas and stuff a lot of stuff so been really really cool um if you want to go to xrplus.com yeah and get a subscription and watch some dirt races because uh we've got the we got the texas monday series coming up uh starting next monday i'm flying to texas on sunday afternoon you're a jet setter oh man i've been all over the place but be, be honest with you i am so happy for you um, I, I didn't know that you were going to be taken. I mean, uh, obviously yeah. B- Barry Braun, who is the owner of accelerated is a friend of mine and, and I've known him for 20 years and, uh, we were getting ready to do the, the, uh, Bristol dirt nationals. And he goes, Hey, you got any, you know, anybody that, or I sh- actually, I said, Hey, do you need some help with social media and stuff? He goes, Oh, heck yeah. So uh, I, I, I gave him Brandon's name. They worked it out. Brandon made the trip down to Bristol uh, I came down a couple of days later 
which surprised me. You were like, I don't know if I'm going to come or not. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I walked into media center, (laughs) walked into media center. Dave, what the hell are you doing here? I was representing three people. (laughs) I was representing uh, uh, Virginia motor speedway for one fast track Mm. racing for two. And I, Sold a little bit of stuff for XR. A good day, and had to take care of sponsors, sure, and, and uh, sweets, and, and and that was fun. It was. Oh, that was way. a blast! But I came down two days later, okay, because I couldn't get away as quickly as Brandon did. Right, as soon as I walk in the production room where where Barry and the rest of the guy are, he pulled me aside. He goes, "Dude, thank you so much." I went, "What?" He goes, "That dude is a social media ninja." <laughs> he goes, "You have no idea." what he's going to do for us. I said, yep. well, he goes, he goes, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to, to work at a deal and get him to come work for us full time. Hence you are now a member of the XR team. And it's been fantastic so far, but that doesn't mean that I no, haven't no, no, been no, doing no, no. stuff around here no, in no. Virginia, uh, uh, doing some, uh, pit, R- pit Langley. road, Langley. Uh, you've been up to dominion. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Virginia motor speedway mm-hmm. doing some stuff for us and so. heading down to South Boston on Saturday. Yeah. So, so doing a lot of stuff around uh, here, did the cars tour race on pit. I was a pit reporter for the cars tour with, uh, at Langley. Steve Post. Yeah. With Steve post talking to Steve post, you know, yeah, listen, I listen, for that I've listened to, you and you know I had to um, <laughs> listen to Steve Post since I was a kid up in the booth and uh, got to work with Steve Post down there and, and working with Vaughn and all those guys at, uh, at uh, Langley Speedway has been fantastic and coming up and doing stuff with you and now we're uh, sitting here uh, re re up in the podcast and we got a lot more we got a lot more we're going to talk to you we don't bore you though in this opening segment we don't want to get too uh, too windy. But uh, we, we do, we do want to get to the uh, phone lines. Uh, talk to our first guest on the revamp show. Of course, he is the 2005 Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series National Champion. He is currently leading it for 2021. He is Mr. Peyton Sellers. How you doing, Peyton? Good. How's it going, guys? Hey, man, we had to do we had to do a reboot. And, uh, you know, we were gone for a couple of weeks, but we, we figured what better have Peyton Sellers on to, to start everything. Good deal. We appreciate you having us. Uh, We've, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, we just glad to be a part of it and glad you guys are back on the air and look forward to hearing. Well, we couldn't come back at a, a better time. A huge race this weekend, of course. Um, the Thunder Road Harley Davidson 200 at, oh, excuse me, presented by Grand Atlantic Resort. I need to make sure that I get that in for South Boston. Yeah. Speedway. But yeah, that is your home track, my friend. And, uh, you know, to say you have a little bit more knowledge than most of the folks that are going to be there would be an understatement. I think your current, uh, what are you, your current point leader there right now? Uh, and having, having he's leading a, all the points. He's having a fantastic year. So uh, this would be you're trying for your third one now, right? We are. We are. We have won the last two, and then they they obviously didn't have it last year due to the pandemic. The Fourth of July race is special at South Boston because it is. You know they they pride themselves with being America's hometown track, and you know they do a, a big fireworks show. They have uh, you know they're going to have about eight thousand people there this weekend watching a race and. It's a huge feather in everybody's cap just to be able to, you know, compete in that race and be competitive. But to uh, to win, it's pretty special because it is the first leg of the Virginia Triple Crown. So uh, if you can go there and, and put on your best and put on a good show and then finish well, it, it puts you in great position going into Langley. What uh, you know, South Boston didn't run last year due the due to the pandemic. Uh, you made your way up to Dominion and and won the track championship up there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, what does it mean to you to now be able to go to your home track at South Boston and revamp? Uh, or not revamp, but uh, get the year back underway and race there again this year. Uh, last year we we were we were forced to go to Dominion because, you know, let's face it, South Boston didn't race, uh, Langley raced, but, but Motor Mile didn't. So, uh, we had, we had been to Dominion quite a bit. We had had some good success there and, and everybody always treated us really good there. So we were open-minded doing it, but anytime you've got to drive past your home track to go three more hours to compete every Saturday night, you know, it makes it tough. It makes it hard on my guys. Uh, helping on the crew, it makes it hard on the guys, you know, sponsors and and just 
making it back to church on Sunday morning was tough all last year. That's for sure. After racing late Saturday night, and um, but on the same token, Steve Britt and all the guys at Dominion were were open arms. You know, they did anything good. They tried to help us. They they put on races when they didn't have fans because of the state you know laws that they wouldn't you know allow them to have fans. So those guys took it on the chin last year. They, they took a beating because they didn't have. You know, they had several races with no fans. They had some races where the you know hardly any fans showed up because of the pandemic, and and here they are this year. They're bringing good car count. They're bringing good fans. They've had they've had a good crowd every week. So I think the effort that they put forward last year to to push through and and to keep the you know the normal routine in action um, is paying off for them right now. So I'm glad to see those guys doing well. well and you go back to South Boston, they've opened the doors this year. They've had pretty decent car count, but they've had exceptional crowds in the stands. I will say South Boston had four or 5,000 people a lot of nights this summer. And, uh, you know, showing that people want to get back out and get back to normal life again. Yeah. How, how is that, uh, you know, racing in front of those fans and, and your, your hometown fans cheering you on with a huge crowd? You know, it's really neat for me because, you know, yes, we grew up right here at Danville, which is 30 miles away. Uh, we've got roots in South Boston. We've got, you know, we've been there a long time. Uh, we started racing there in 1996 with my, my brother racing in Limited Sportsman. And we've had a car there ever since eating full-time, whether it be HC or myself or, or one of our customers. Um, we won a track title there um, in 1998 for the first time with HC. And, you know, we've been able to, to win some championships there, and we've had three national titles that came out of South Boston with myself and Philip Morris and Matt Bowling. And um, he is home to us. It's good to see local faces every week. And, um, you know, that's why we do it. That, don't get me wrong. We, we enjoy racing. We enjoy the thrill of it. But at the end of the day, if no fans are there, it would take all the fun out of it. It has been an interesting start for 2021 for South Boston. First of all, the news that uh, Kathy Rice was going to retire at the end of the year. They brought in the Brashears to uh, as a general manager and co-general manager. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're married, so you know, I don't know who wears the pants in the house. We're, you know, we're gonna have to. Find Maybe you that can out. give us some insight on that. But uh, <laughs> but I will. You know, the 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 transformation this year with a new website with the social media is on fire you their know, own tv channel yeah their own yep. tv channel i mean it's they have really upped their game and i think it is paying off dividends so some guys this past weekend at dominion when you look at you know i've been very blessed been able to race i've raced in you know california to the main everywhere in between and you look at the state of Virginia, and you look at the quality of tracks that we have. State Langley, Motor Mile, South Boston, and Dominion. It's four of the premier racetracks in the United States. When I say premier, I mean the quality of the facility, the way they're operated, the purses that they pay. Um, you know, we are very fortunate to be right here in the, in, in the south side for me, but you guys... Yeah, we've got an excellent thing going right now, and I hope, you know... I, and a lot of fans always bashing and always criticizing everything the tracks do. Yes. The management, you know, I, I see South Boston going through a management change, and, you know, there's going to be some stumbles in the road, but at the end of the day, they're doing an excellent job with their changes right now, and I think Kathy Rice is kind of overseeing that and approval on it at the same time. So I think it's headed in a good direction right now with those guys. Yeah, and I got to throw in Virginia Motor Speedway. That's, you know. I mean, absolutely, you, yes. And, and I, I didn't mean to discount that, but you're exactly right. You know, but you're you're right. I mean, the the state is loaded with the great asphalt tracks, great short tracks. And to be honest with you, I think that's what the fan base is really craving right now. I mean, well, in the fans told NASCAR said, "Hey, look, uh, we want more short tracks." Well, we got more road courses and. I think some more short tracks are in the realm of things coming down the road. 
you know, in you know, in the future, in near in the near future. I mean, California getting mm-hmm. turned into a half mile. And, but yep. I mean, then you see start stuff like the SRX startup with Tony Stewart and and the amount of yep. fans that are at those events. I mean, packing packing those places and getting over a million viewers on on television. I mean, I mean that's that's insane. And I will tell you, Peyton, you know, ten years of announcing at South Boston Speedway uh, back in the yep. you know nineties and early two thousands, you couldn't yep. find a seat there. I mean, they average exactly. South Boston averaged ten twelve thousand people a week. Yep. And, and- you know, I think when you look at tracks like Richmond and, and Bristol as well, and to Virginia, and you look at this, so there's race fans in this state, and, and all of these tracks are doing a great job pulling them out and, and putting on a show for them. And you know, me and Mike Looney the other week had a had a race of the ages at South Boston. We raced door to door for fifteen or twenty laps and beating and banging, and, and nobody wrecked. You know, and that will keep keep people coming back. You think that the, that's what the fans are craving right now with uh, with everything that's going on? They just they just want to see some good racing, no matter where it is. Look, it's all about the show. They want to see a good show, and nobody cares that we're running two hundred miles an hour going in a corner in California. We've got Indy cars if we want to see fast cars. People want to see a race. They want to see sliding into people. They want to see smoke flying and rivalries. They want to see. They want to see the worst in people when they come out and start racing, you know, and that's that's what short track racing does. It brings out the worst in you. Don't get me wrong, but um, you can also, you know, you've got to take that as a promoter and build on it and make a show out of it. You know, that's exactly, I mean, I'm the, this example will kind of put a nail, uh, you know, right in the coffin right here, but Bowman Gray, you know, they, yep. they, they let those guys beat and bang and, uh, and you got family feuds and, you know, it's not like they shy away from promoting it. They go out and say, come on, you might see a fight this week, you know? And uh, I mean, it's been pretty tenacious there on multiple <laughs> weekends. <laughs> they don't call it the madhouse for nothing. So, you know, some, sometimes that kind of, you know, little controversy sells. I, it, that's what I like a hundred percent of the time. Uh, for, for me, at least uh, I, I want to see that action, but I want to see these these drivers from the local level to the national level become heroes, you know, whether they're, they were in the black hat, whether they're wearing the white hat, I want to see, I, or both, <laughs> it, no matter what the weekend is, I want to see them become heroes. And I think that that's what the, is driving people to these local short tracks right now is, is the fact that you see, and I pull from Ken Squire, um, common men doing uncommon things at the, at the local level. And that's what you're seeing right now. Absolutely. Um, out of all the three tracks, Peyton, uh, um, you know, yep. I, obviously South Boston, you're really good at. Okay, uh, you're you're really good at at Martinsville. So I'm good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Langley is the kind of the, the thorn in your side of, of all these three. You know, we we have one in Hampton Heath. We have we run third last year. Uh, qualifying has never been good for us at Langley for some reason. I've never qualified well there, which always put us behind the eight ball. And that, that race is long, but, you know, it, it doesn't get single file too often. You know, usually at Langley, everybody's racing too wide, and it's just hard to drive to the front. So that has been a, a hiccup for me that we are putting a lot of focus on is trying to go over there and qualify better for the, for the Hampton Heat. And, you know, that is a little bit of a wild card for everybody because it's so easy to have a bad run at Langley. You know, it's so easy to wear your tires out too quick or get hung up in somebody else's wreck or, or, or knock a fender in. You know, there's so many things that can go wrong. Well, then you go to Martinsville and it's about having the fastest car and, and, and the most luck. And I've been over there and been lucky and not had the fastest car. And I've been over there and had the fastest car and no luck. So maybe we can put it all together this year. <laughs> and for, for those fans at home that might not know, the Virginia Triple Crown is is three races, South Boston, Langley, and Martinsville, um, that pay out a bonus to the driver for the average finish with the best average finish of all three of those races, uh, diving into the triple crown, they featured, you know, two, 200 lappers and a 300 lapper. And you guys normally run, you know, 50 laps, maybe 50 lap twins here and there. Um, well, a hundred lappers as well, but I mean, those endurance type races, um, what, what kind of differences is it in preparation for those than your normal weekly shows? You know, you definitely got to have a good brake pads on your car. You got to have wheel bearing pack. You got to do your maintenance on your car before this race. You got to have, you know, you want everything looking good because you got to put a lot of emphasis on these three races. Um, but at the end of the day, 
drivers have got to be smart. You've got to understand, all right, I'm sitting eighth right now. I'm saving tires. I'm putting laps on the board. It's not time to go yet. It's not time to go. You keep pulling yourself back. Then with 50 to go, you say, all right, well, let's get a couple here if we can, and let's get a couple restarts right and put ourselves in position. Very few guys lead the first lap and the last lap of any of these races, these longer races. So it's a balance between keeping tires on the car and keeping good track position because, you know, you're going to have some fast guys that end up with no track position at the end of the night. And then you're going to have some guys that aren't that fast that have good track position and end up with good races out of it. So um, you've really got to be smart. You've got to, it's a chess match. You've got to stay two moves ahead of the guys in front of you the whole race. You know, throw on top of that, I mean, nationally, uh, and it doesn't matter whether it's uh, dirt or asphalt, but uh, there has been a tire shortage. So, you know, it's not like you get unlimited tires to run these races, uh, especially now in, the, in, in, in this climate. That's exactly right. You know, Langley has, of course, cut back the two-tire rule. Um, South Boston has cut back on the amount of tires you can buy to practice. And everybody's feeling the crunch right now. And these are kind of post-COVID things that, that we're going, we're in a construction business and we're facing it on pipe and any, all of our supplies that we use, we're facing some crunches right now and trying to get stuff materials. And if you can get it, it's 10 times more than it should be. So uh, I think the track has done a good job of managing costs. They haven't raised the prices on tires, but they, they just cut back on the quantities that people can buy. And I think that's just, that's what we're having to do right now to get through. And I think everybody understands that. And no matter what, these three races, tire management is everything. I mean, if you go out and, and wear your tires out the first 50 laps and, you know, yes, you have a, a tire or two that you can place on, you know, at somewhere in the, in the event. Well, I guess when the, when some of them have the brakes, I, I know uh, Martinsville has a brake, correct? Um, if I remember correctly. Yep. And I'm not sure, I don't think South Boston and Langley have brakes though. <laughs> Well, both tracks will take a break at lap 100, okay. but we get no tires. Same four tires. Yep. Okay. That's what uh, I thought. I thought you typically get two tires with roughly 50 to go. So they change it around a little bit from year to year, but, um, you know, they give you two tires, which kind of, it makes the heroes out of a lot of guys that get <laughs> two new tires and, you know, it makes it very appealing to drive it in the corner just a little bit deeper, you know? Sure. And that's, uh, you know, over the years, that's made for some, uh, some pretty ridiculous, uh, happenings over there at yeah. Martinsville, but, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> to say, I, I, to look, say I, the I least that race for quite a few years. And the last 50 laps were always fun to announce. Yeah. The last 50 <laughs> laps, it took what, three hours or so. Half a day. Dave, Dave, you get dry throat trying to tell all the wrecks, right? You <laughs> I, I leave there. I couldn't even speak. <laughs> yep. But but hey, that's you know. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, that 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 race at Martinsville and even at South Boston and and Langley, those big races have had huge crowds, and and they want to see that. They want some, you know, action. They want some. Yeah. You know, you know they want that. Oh, look, As a fan, I don't want to see a bunch Robin's, of jumped up, yeah. junked up race cars, yeah, but, but I want to see some some action, if yeah. you will. Rubbin's racing, as they said. So, but. Yep. But, you know, uh, back, you won the national championship in 2005. I, you know, we, we've had you on quite a few times, but a lot of times we never delve into your history enough. And, yeah. and we wanted to do that a little bit uh, this time because we want to kind of get our fan base to kind of understand and know you guys a little bit more. And sim similar to what they do when, you know, they hear about their NASCAR. Sure. Fans. You know, we, we want to make sure that they understand where you come from and what has made you the driver you are today. And, you know, 2005, you won the national championship. You've come close quite a few times. Uh, and in 2006, though, you made that move to the NASCAR West Series. And I believe it was right after your brother HC had, had done it. But to drive for Bill McAnally, which is... He is the king of the uh, NASCAR West Series over there, you know, as a car owner. Uh, you won once, but I, I guess my question and, and Brandon's question is, why make that move? Well, at the time, I was the youngest national champion in NASCAR at 21 years old, and I had grown up go-kart racing, and then we went into some micro sprints, and then I, uh, I run some of that Virginia Sprint Series. I run a couple of those races, and I realized pretty quick it just wasn't enough air racing. My passion was their racing. 
that's why I wanted to be a sprint car racer. And there just was not enough opportunity around where we lived because right. at the time there was like 13 asphalt tracks within four hours of my house. So uh, we made the jump into asphalt. And in 2005, with my brother crew chiefing, we won a national title. And uh, Richard Childress approached us in the offseason and gave me a development contract through Chevrolet and, and Childress and um, placed me with Bill McNally. Um, I moved to Sacramento. I raced all year. We uh, we should have won about four or five races that year. We just had some bad luck, blown engines, blown tires, and different odd end things. But we did win the rookie of the year. We won a race, and we finished fifth in points. Um, moving into the following year, they had they had kind of opened up a slide in the two car, the BBNT car at that time, and that was about the time that Chevrolet was was feeling some pains and getting ready to go into. Uh, bankruptcy and that sort of thing. And they basically eliminated the, the driver development program for Chevrolet. And a lot of guys, Brandon Miller, myself, um, several guys kind of got put to the side there that, that had opportunities moving forward. And um, it put me to come back home and race in the East Series in 2007. Uh, I drove for Ted Marsh a little bit up in, up in uh, Connecticut. Drove our, our family car that year, run third in the points at, in the E-Series. In the following year, I drove for Amy Santayer, and I went on to do some Xfinity racing. Back then, it was nationwide, but had an opportunity to do a lot of racing and make a living doing it for a little while. And uh, then when those opportunities kind of run out and the money wasn't there anymore, we, we came back home and, and went back late model racing because at the end of the day, I'm a racer. I want to race whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to be on TV to be a racing. It's in our family's blood. We, we, it's all we know how to do. So, uh, we'll be racing something, uh, whether it's a wheelbarrow or, or late model or, or anything that comes up. So, um, you know, that's what I've been able to do. And, and we've had fast cars out of our shop, thankful to HC and, and his dedication he puts into it. Um, everything is kind of evolved full circle right now. I, I run our, our construction company during the day and I race on the weekend. So, uh, you know, my, my dad had a heart surgery here about three years ago, and it forced me to kind of be full-time in the construction business, which has been nothing but a blessing for all of us that it has worked out like it has. Uh, tell, obviously, you, you in, in your travels, you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, tell us some of the lessons that you, you learned along the way with, you know, being such a young champion and then having to go through some of the stuff that you went through and coming back home. What was the biggest things that you learned from that? So I remember the first time I ever uh, met with Richard, I had done a test at Caraway, uh in, in, in the AC Delco car. And we, we went and tested at Caraway. They had, um, they had an opportunity, a little bit of time at the end of the day. And I rode with Todd Barrier, who was Harvard crew chief at the time, back to, back to RCR. And um, Richard said, you know, tell me something. He says, what kind of uh, money can you bring to the table? He said, you know, we've got some opportunities, but it takes sponsorship to make this thing happen. And I said, well, you know, Clarence's Steakhouse has been good to me, but, you know, the, the kind of money that we can generate from sponsors isn't going to help fund an extended program or anything like that, you know. And he said, okay. He said, um, well, go find some money and come back and see me. And I walked out of there feeling about two inches tall. I'm saying, I've tested your car and proven my worth with, a, you know, we're a national champion and um, it boils down to a dollar. Well, I go home and sit around for a few weeks and just kind of, I guess waiting on the phone to ring and um, sure enough, Mike Dillon called me and said, Hey, we've got an opportunity to put you with Bill McNally on the West coast. Do you want to move to California? And I said, I'm ready to go today you know, whatever it takes. And uh, so, so January 1st, 2006, I was on a plane headed to Sacramento and we, we tested three or four times that, that month and we went and raced the copper classic. I don't know if you guys remember the yep. copper world classic mm-hmm. that we did in Phoenix. Uh, I, I raced that in 2006, and that was the, the kickoff to the West Series that year. And, um, you know, it was a big jump being a, a 21 years old and, and moving across country and, and kind of being on your own. That was the first taste of being away from my comfort zone that I'd ever had. Prior to that, you know, I drove for Clarence. I had drove for my dad. You know, HC was crew chief. And I had, you know, I had my, my mom was there filming every race. And, you know, if we had problems, we talked about it sitting at the house on Sunday morning and we worked through it and moved on. But I had that comfort level that those guys were behind me a hundred percent. Well, when I had the opportunity to go race at a higher level, 
there's a lot more egos involved. There's a lot more sponsor dollars involved and uh, fewer opportunities. You know, so those opportunities are few and far between. So everybody is um, ready to put put shade on you in some way to make you know make you make you look bad. And I didn't have that comfort level around me at the time. I didn't have that confidence around me. Um, at, at the end of the day, we worked through it, and I, I had a lot of success with Bill, and, and we had a lot of good luck with, with them, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But when I first went to California. Not having that comfort level around me, it, it really was hard on me for the first couple months. And uh, once we got through that, and I realized kind of how the sport was, and I realized that it wasn't all everybody wasn't on your side. You know, it was a little more cutthroat at that level. Um, not that I changed the way I was doing, but I just kept my guard up more, and uh, you know, tried to make the most of our opportunities. That's why when I had the opportunity to come back here and race late models, I, I've enjoyed every second of it. You, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate that you have done is, and I know you, you turned this into a business for yourself, you know, uh, you, you helping you help mentoring other drivers. You had quite a few drivers that have come through your program. Um, and Daniel Silvestri is one of them. And, you know, talk a little bit about that. What, what prompted that decision to bring people in and help them with their cars? It was kind of a, uh, a necessary means. In 2005, we were racing pretty hard, and you know, for a national title, it was costing a lot of money from from sponsors and from friends and family. We were all, all kind of pitching in, trying to race. And the opportunity to come up uh, to keep up a car for Brad Coleman. Brad was a road racer that had been running the Star Mazda series, and um, he he wanted to go short track racing. So we took him to Ace to race and raced him on Friday nights using the same truck and trailer and the same crew. And then we'd go race on Saturday nights at South Boston with, with my car. So we did it to help offset some of our budget. And, and one thing led to another and the doors kept opening and opportunities kept coming up and people wanted to race more and more. So uh, we've had the opportunity. We've had Dane Rudolph from Australia and John Denning from New Jersey, uh, Natalie Sather from out in Fargo, uh, South Dakota. We've had drivers from all over the country come race with us by different means. We've had some drivers come to us through Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, different opportunities that would come up to do tests and things. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate enough to be established in late model racing. We went off and done a little bit of East racing, but at the end of the day, we've focused on late model stock cars. We hadn't ventured out much to super late or dirt or anything like that. We've kind of picked our path and we've stayed on it and tried to, tried to maximize those opportunities. And, yeah, I think we've been able to do it. We've had a lot of success with different drivers. And, you know, Daniel Silvestri came to us a couple of years ago. And he is, him and his family have been a joy to work with. And Daniel has actually got a lot of talent. The kid has got a lot of natural ability. He come out of Legends Cars where he had a lot of success. And, um, you know, this Cars deal has definitely proven to be a, uh, a learning curve for him because you're going to different tracks that he hadn't been to. So I think as the second part of the season comes around, he goes to some tracks for the second time. and. You know, winning at Dominion L the week was definitely the best, uh, the best medicine we could have as a team. And you know, that's what we try to do is just develop drivers. And you know, when a guy comes to us like Daniel that has that much ability and that much talent, you know, it's just it's going to take seat time. It's just going to take laps and, and coaching and things like that to get him honed in on what he's got to do to to be there at the end of these races. Yeah, for for those uh, listening, Daniel won his very first Cars Tour race a few weeks ago at at Dominion at his home track. Uh, for you, Peyton, what was it like watching him accomplish that? No, uh, HC when I'm tested with him that week, and I, me and HC were back at the shop working that night, putting our cars back together from the little incident we had at South Boston, and I watched every lap on that TV there with their Cars Tour TV, and. Um, to have the kind of excitement that I did watching him lead those laps and, and dominate like he did. Um, you know, I don't have children, but I can see where, you know, when you see your child succeed, that's what it felt like for me is being able to see him have that success on that level. It was just a huge sense of accomplishment for me and HC, um, seeing Daniel do what he's doing right now. You know, speak. I mean, uh, you, you know, you followed in your brother's footsteps, but you also work with another guy that uh, this year looks like they're he they are starting to get their rhythm, and that's Sam Hunt Racing. 
Uh, what's it like for you to look and see where Sam has taken that uh, number 2016? You know, what Sam has been able to do, uh, when he left our shop and, and made the, the trek to go to Mooresville and, and race out of Mooresville, it was a big learning curve for him as well. You know, I think getting his foot under him and, and finding a shop and finding a home and learning to work with new people, um, he has been able to do a lot more than anybody ever could imagine. And, you know, the sacrifices he's had to make to be able to do that has been um, been very enjoyable to watch him do that. Uh, Sam has, has got his heart in the right spot. He's trying as hard as he can, and it's a tough road. You know, but he's got some good drivers coming through there right now. I think if they're able to get a, a, a single driver to work with for the year, I think you'll see them have more success. But right now they're, they're swapping out drivers and putting their program together to where they're competing full-time. And that is um, – that's very encouraging to see him be able to do that and and have the success they've had. You know, anytime you can go out and run in the top 15 pretty consistently in the Xfinity Series is, is very impressive. And I think you saw that. I think they, they put uh, John Hunter Nemechek in the car at uh, at Dover, who is, uh, in my mind, a future champion in NASCAR. Look what he's doing in the truck series. He had the car running in the top 10 at Dover before they broke. So it just is it a test to what that team is, uh, has come through. Uh, I want to jump back to you. Uh, I know uh, um, with all that you're doing, we appreciate you having you on your show, on having you on our show. Well, it's your show now. Um, but I want to get uh, some predictions for you for South Boston. What What is your prediction for that race? Uh, who's going to be tough to beat, and, and do you think you can cover them? You know, I think we're going to have a very competitive car. Um, I've got a little bit of a double-edged sword. I'm having to compete for, for the track points as well as the national points right now, so I've got a little bigger picture I've got to focus on. Not that we're not going to win, but you know, I've got to use my head a little bit to be there at the end of the race, too. Um, you know, I think Mike Looney coming in is going to be very tough because he's, he's been running South Boston. I think he's going to be a uh, a car to watch the whole weekend. I think you got to watch these RNS cars. They they've kind of built some momentum, and it looks like in these cars races they come in and they they show a lot of speed late in the race. So I think the RNS cars are coming in are going to be good. Mike Looney's going to be good. Um, you know, there's a lot of drivers right now that are hungry. You know, you've got Brendan Queen who's having good success over at Langley. He's coming over. So it's going to be a, a real challenge to get your car working and, and being where we need to be. We're on very limited tires this weekend. Everybody only gets one set of practice tires. So, uh, you know, whoever can, can dial their car in for the for the long run on one set of tires is going to be the best car. So uh, competition is going to be uh, no shortage this weekend in South Boston. Uh, you, you led me right into my next question was how, how do you balance, you know, going out here and trying to win the triple crown, but also you leading the national points. And obviously that I bet you is your number one goal. Am I right? You know, it's definitely on our radar right now. There's still three months of racing left to do. So I'm not counting, counting anything before it happens, but, uh, you know, we've got a good start in the national points with some wins right now. So we can focus on trying to win this weekend. That's our goal. The Virginia Triple Crown is something that's kind of special to me because uh, I think it does put you in a good name group of drivers and it, it brings a little credibility to your career if you can win a Triple Crown. So uh, we're going to focus on that pretty hard. We're going to uh, try to manage track points while we're there. But at the end of the day, um, you know, whoever you whoever wins this weekend, it's going to be a huge feather in the cap to be able to, to beat the kind of competition that will be here. I'm looking at the entry list right now. <laughs> There's 35 guys. Uh, Murderers 34, row. 34 plus you, and uh, it's a who's who of late model stock car drivers for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be a little bit of uh, like I said, you got to be lucky and you got to be fast, and hopefully you can put both of those together. Well, uh, that's exactly what uh, he's going to do. Uh, Peyton Sellers, we can't thank you enough for uh, taking time out of your uh, busy schedule because uh, you're doing a lot right now, and uh, we appreciate you having having you on your show. I'll see you down there having in South Boston. God, I can't say that right, can no, I? I? What the hell? I need what to just leave to get, it to Dave. See, he's trying to give the show away. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it no more. You, you want to be the third co-host? <laughs> 
Let's do it. <laughs> Having you on our show, uh, Peyton, we appreciate it. Uh, you can see Peyton in the Thunder Road Harley-Davidson 200 presented by Grand Atlantic Ocean Resort this Saturday. Green flag uh, for a uh, – they've got uh, four classes, but green flag uh, for all of the action is going to re- uh, wave right around 7 o'clock. So, Peyton, I'll see you down there, and uh, thank you so much for being on the Racing Virginia podcast. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Look hey. forward to it. And, and by the way, we're going to give you the race in Virginia karma. All right. And if you win, we get, 10%, right. we get 10%. All right. Perfect. We'll do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Is that a verbal contract? Thank yes. Uh, Peyton, thanks so much, buddy. Good luck this weekend. Yeah. All right. Man, what a good kid. He really is a good kid. Uh, and I can call him that because I'm old. I can't because he's older than me. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, folks, if you want uh, more information on the uh, Thunder Road Harley-Davidson 200, all you got to do is go to southbostonspeedway.com, the new southbostonspeedway.com. Got plenty of information. You can buy your tickets uh, in advance and actually save. So uh, they have a, I guess, a, 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 a little discount ticket. Discount? $5 discount. So uh, tickets at the door for adults will be 15 or $15 online, $20 at the door. So that's a, that's a heck of a value. You'll, I'll buy a ticket if they won't let me in. You know, that was one of the one things I've talked to quite a, I like um, Dinah Mullins. Talked to her because she had some great artwork for this, that past cars tour. Mm-hmm. And I mean, man, you really stepped up. You know, man, this good stuff, you know, announcing drivers coming. She put a lot of work into it. Absolutely, she I did. Mean, she cut out the drivers, cut out the cars, put it in a thing. And, I, if, I you, mean, and if you don't know Photoshop, that's a heck of a that, lot of work. Yeah, it is. Even with Photoshop, even if you do know Photoshop, it's heck of yeah. a lot. I mean, they yeah. made it a little easier, but still, it's a lot of work. And What a minute, if people don't know how right. to use, I'm telling them. Yeah, it's hard. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I and I asked her, I said, Dinah, why, you know, you're putting a lot of effort into this uh, race. I mean, I this is the you know, most effort I've seen and not that she doesn't, I mean, she does a great job, but I mean, went above and beyond, went above and beyond. She goes, well, you know, when you have to, you know, when you have great late model racing every week, a late model stock special, it's hard to upsell them on the cost of being there. Sure. And it did it really didn't dawn on me because, you know, with us at Virginia Motor Speedway, if we have a, like a super late models come in, you know, we have a ticket that's over double what we normally, you know, pay. And we, we try to keep the cost down, but still, I mean, you know, $30, $40 ticket for super late models. But she goes, it's different cars. You know, it's a super late model. You don't mm-hmm. run those every week. Yep. And it, you know, it hit home. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, man, I, I hope everybody out there supports this event. Not to mention it's 4th of July weekend. 4th of July. They got fireworks there right after the race, too. So, uh, <laughs> probably, oh, and, I, and there's probably, there's probably going to be a lot of fireworks. And I didn't a- ask Peyton about this. I should have. I, when I'll ask him on Saturday. They are running a special American flag patriotic paint scheme on his car. Oh, cool. Um, not, not his normally normal uh, orange and white scheme going to be red white and blue for fourth of july so i'll talk to him about that on saturday but uh, another another just really cool thing that they're doing down in south boston yeah they're gonna have uh they're gonna have an autograph session yeah which get his autograph yeah every i mean they're gonna gonna be able to get any autograph you want Mm -hmm. from any of the drivers i've always liked that about asphalt tracks they let you on a track let you roam around you know Mm -hmm. before before the green flag goes and you know they're lined up and ready to go and then they do the then they do the you know the uh, opening intro- ceremonies introductions and you know it's all cool yeah very cool and um, folks they have really done a great job at south boston speedway they that in 2021 they have stepped their game up. i mean after a year away to come back just guns blazing with all the cool stuff that they're doing down there um i can't wait to go I can't wait to see some of the stuff you... I know. I'm going to take some pretty pictures and videos and <laughs> post them all over the place and talk so, to some drivers and do some stuff. So and, and we'll it'll be you, neat. We'll tell you how to follow us on social media. If you don't already know. You should. You should already know. Yep. Uh, you should be getting everybody you know to sign up for us. Okay. <laughs> we need more people on social media. Yep. Really do. Uh, we got a new segment. Yes, we do. You want me to tell them what it is yeah, now? I didn't say it. <laughs> with that, for you not to. <laughs> 
right. First week back, and we are and just we are a little just rusty. It's all right. Jumping all over my words. We're going to do the Commonwealth closing topic. We're going to talk about some racing-related topic and, and get our takes on it because we know you want to hear our takes on these things. <laughs> we're going to uh, keep it short. We're going to keep it short and sweet, but uh, this, uh, this Commonwealth closer is going to be announcing. Now, I want to get your take, Dave, because you you have announced at uh, a few different tracks over the years, and uh, I want to know, when you first got in the booth, what, what was it like? What did you have to do? What did you have to learn? It, it, it's funny. I was a nightclub DJ yeah. for quite a few years, and I guess that's where I kind of got the, the being on the mic. Uh, uh, a guy named, his, his nickname was Tommy T. He did uh, videos out at Southside Speedway, which, God, the the sale of South Boston Speedway. I mean, not South, South Side Speedway. And it's to see that they're taking stuff down. Yeah, oof. That's where I, it hurts. That's where, that's where I got my passion for motorsports with my uncle taking me there. So, but yeah, he, he, he was over in turn two in this little building. And one day he goes, Hey Dave, won't you want to come and, and uh, help me with, you know, announcing on the videos. All right, cool. No problem. And so we started doing that and I hadn't been doing it in a couple of weeks. And he goes, he goes, Hey, won't you come to South Boston, South Boston? He was the announcer at South Boston. And he goes, the, uh, the, the folks at South Boston said, they'll actually pay you to be the second announcer if you want to come up. So I was, oh, all right. So I go up there and meet Mason day and the, the day family that used to own, they, they owned South Boston and orange County at the same time. So, uh, and they flip flopped every other week. So great. I'm, Heck, I don't know, maybe two weeks, and Tommy T goes, I'm done. I've already talked to South Boston. You're taking over. I went, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so don't, you were a natural? And that, and that ran into, well, I mean, I was in the entertainment business. So okay. I wasn't scared to get up in front of people, and, and I wasn't scared to talk. And I enjoyed racing. Uh, you know, you have to learn how to announce there's different kinds of announcing. I mean, you go to a baseball game. It's very staccato. You know, it's it, it it's not a lot of passion passion in it. At mm -hmm. least I don't think so. Yeah, it's just because it's just the facts. Yeah, that's all. Because no, there are only a few small moments in a baseball game that could need to right. raise you up, like a home, home run or or something like that. Great yeah. catch. And, and football is different. I mean, every sport has a yeah. different pace so guess, do you guess what to my question is you I, i've done a very few a little bit of announcing announced a couple of football games uh, in west virginia and stuff but do you think that, that do you feel like announcing a race takes the most out of somebody because you're constantly in motion and you're constantly yeah. talking about something it, it can be very daunting it really can uh, i've i've it, Hence the Taco Bell 300 back when I was announcing at Martinsville. That's a long race to announce. And of course, you're doing it all day long. And I was the only announcer. So I'm Gosh. talking, uh, you know, all the time, you know, um, uh, you know, your commercials and your announcements. And, you know, I and it was a couple of days, I mean, in a row. By the time you finished, it, it, it takes a lot out of you. But the one thing that I a good announcer will do is he will, he doesn't become the show. He is part of the show and he, he gives information. The more information an announcer can give, the better. That's what the fans want. They don't, you know, they don't care if you come up with a bunch of nicknames for somebody, but you know, they want information. What's this guy's drive? What is he driving? What, you know, what, what's his, I mean, you know, he may be having an issue with, you know, in, in life, you know, just coming up with different things that, that are part of the show, become part of the show and make, give the fan an, an idea of what's, what's going on and how much it takes to do it. So you said, basically you're saying, and I, I found this too, um, you're, you're almost a little bit of a journalist. You're yeah. compiling information and you're compiling stories to be able to relay on top of whatever's happening yeah. on the track. All the best announcers that I've ever known have toured the pits, talk with the drivers. I mean, cause you never know, but, Hey, my wife had a baby this way. You know, th there's a lot of things. Yeah. And those things mean something to not only the drivers, but the fans, uh, 
you know, hey, you know, you had a problem last week. Have you gotten it fixed this week on the car? What, you know, which if you have all that mm-hmm. information in your head and can and relay it to the fan in a, I don't know, not a playful, but an informational way without weave it into yeah, what, weave it into the racing because, you know, um, there are some really. You know, I always thought that, uh, you know, there was a lot of guys that I uh, kind of listened to over the years when, in asphalt, and then I started doing it on for uh, for a dirt track, and then I started hearing dirt track announcers, and I was like, wow, it's a total big it's – a, it's a isn't huge, it? It's a huge difference. Isn't it? Um, a asphalt announcer calls a race way different than does a, a, a dirt race. The, the terminology is different. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the level – Sometimes of a of a dirt announcer, the excitement level. I feel like a, you're an octave a, higher, higher yeah. on a on a dirt broadcast because I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because and 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 Brandon, to your point, uh, finding announcers, new announcers. I mean, because a lot of the older announcers have retired mm-hmm. or they're no longer with us. Yep, and. Or they're like me, have multiple duties mm-hmm. at the racetrack, and I can't do it a lot. Yeah. I, I, there are some times that I do it on sp- special events, but most of the time I'm more, I have to take care of sponsors, have to take care of the lineups, have to take care of the results, the press release. So there's a lot more things mm-hmm. on my plate. So if I can hand it over to somebody, mm-hmm. it it's and but trying to find someone is extremely hard because and and that's why I kind of brought this up because. Uh, if you don't know the subject matter, if you don't know the terminology, you have to you have to find somebody that either knows it or is willing to learn it very quickly. Because you, you, I mean, especially if you're on on a broadcast, if you're doing it on like say track pass or something, and not just recording it or being just the PA announcer, you've got to know a lot of stuff and relay it to those people really really quickly. I found this out because this is a funny story. I uh the I, I got to Texas a couple of weeks ago for XR for the All-Star Showdown. I thought I was going to be doing social media. Like, okay, I know how to do social media. This will be a walk in the park. I get up to the uh get up the press box and uh uh and Barry Barry Braun who we talked about earlier, my new boss, he goes yeah, Brandon, we're putting you in the booth. You're gonna be calling the race. Cross promoting. I mean, cross, <laughs> cross training. Tra- cross training. Luck, and of course, I, you know, not coming and, from and, Texas. And, but let me also put this in perspective, folks. Announcing a sprint car race the first time you do it. <laughs> Omg. Yeah, that right there. Because I mean, it, it's not. Like, I mean, they're extremely quick. And some, the, the action is like quick, 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 quick. You know, I mean, you have mm-hmm. to be on it. So to throw you to the wolves, <laughs> Lord, it was, it was sprint cars. It was uh limited modifieds and factory stocks. So I had like three completely different, different. Uh, uh, classes that in Texas, especially I didn't know anything about. So I luckily I'm going to give him a shout out. Nick Robbins, who is the lead announcer, uh, for for that broadcast and a lot of other ones on XR, he helped me out so much. I leaned and, and, on and him me, I mean, kind to of be able to do too, what I wanted to do. And in the dirt track realm, yep. some of the best announcers come from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's so popular there. And, so, and, and, they, and they're, I mean, I wish we had a track in the Midwest because they're, I mean, they have, they, there's a plethora of mm-hmm. announcers out that way for some reason. I don't know what, but it's because they have so many tracks out. Sure. You got, you need, and you need people and you need people to be good at it. And they are really good. Yeah. They, there are a ton of guys. XR has pulled some of them in and, and there are a ton mm-hmm. of guys that uh, are amazing. I'll give you one guy that I, that he's a friend of mine. So I'm, I'm but I, <clears throat> he is probably one of the best announcers I have ever been around. Uh, as far as knowledge in his head, uh, knowing that, I mean, literally can, I mean, he worked, he, he's the official announcer for the world outlaw late models. His name's Rick Eshelman. If you, if you've never heard mm-hmm. of him, you know, Google a, uh, Google him or YouTube, or, or, or YouTube, a world outlaw late model race in the last couple of years. They're just the stuff that comes up. He's a comedian too. That's and that's what makes him so good because he comes up with some really crazy, like, uh, you know, he's going to the top shelf where mom, you know, where uh, grandma keeps the liquor. You know, or, <laughs> I mean, 
but the, and and that's one of the other talents too because not yeah. everybody can do that yeah. like you can't be calling the and race he, and, and he, then he come up it, with that stuff I mean, I mean it just flows for him yeah i mean it just and he is one of the the best announcers i've ever been around and it's fun to watch those guys and I, i'll tell you this being up at the booth is way different than being down in the pits and calling the action in the pits too. And I, I won't belabor that point, but it's just, it's just it, so much different, a different me, kind of work. And let me give you, um, and we've got uh, Colin Brown at our track. He is a uh, college student. He used to run uh, legends. He wanted to learn how to announce. Mm -hmm. So he, we are training him and he is getting better and better. I mean, that guy spends hours watching mm -hmm. uh, outlaw. He puts it on, turns the, the volume down and calls it himself. So, and that's I the mean, way to do so it. He's trying, but uh, we also have a 13 year old kid we had on the podcast, the podcast, not uh, a couple months ago, Atley Weiss, 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 I can't never remember. <laughs> uh, but uh, Atley's a, um, a bandolero driver at Langley, but he calls races on iRacing. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different animal in itself, too. Yes, but. I think that it is as close as you can get. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're doing that and training on that, I think that it's easy to go to the next level. But I mean, just, hey, look, if you've got if you've got a, a a favorite announcer, let us know. Put it in the comments when we when we post this. It's. I want to know yours. Who is your favorite announcer of all time? Local short track. Or? Anybody, anybody that's ever announced a race. Who's your favorite? Oh Lord, um, Barney Hall. Barney, uh, he. I mean, he yeah, brought he, so much. Yeah, he. He. Uh, you know, obviously there, uh, there are a lot of guys. I think I trend to towards the MRN guys mm -hmm. rather than the TV guys because okay. you have to paint a picture. Yeah, Barney Hall was probably one of the best that ever did it. Um, then you're going. So I think going I'm, with Barney. Yeah. Okay. A ask me who mine is. Who are you? Who's yours? Ken Squire. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because well, Ken first started in radio. He he and Barney like basically started MRN uh, yep. in NASCAR and and brought it to where it is. But when Ken called the races on CBS, he knew how to paint that picture while the fans were still watching watch he he and I'm screwing this up right now because I can't really, really, you know, articulate know articulate it. But he painted such a picture. He made everything on that track seem like the most important thing in the entire world was happening right there at that right time and, and just told this epic story. It didn't matter if the race was uh, a foregone conclusion with two people on the lead lap or it was a barn burner with a with a side by side finish, it was the most important thing in the world, and and that's what he he made me love racing that much. I just googled MRN announcers. Yeah, you know what the top two are? Go ahead, Ken Squire, Barney Hall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jack Root. Jack, I love Jack. Jack love Jack. Jack was good. A lot of good pit reporters too. You know, uh, I'm you know uh, Dave Moody's done a good job. Oh, taking over. I lo love Dave. Love Steve Post. I like all the, all the radio guys are, are so good. And, and I think, uh, um, you know, what, uh, what NBC is doing over the past few yeah. weeks on TV as well. Um, they have just stepped the game up when it comes to NASCAR coverage. Um, can't wait to see what, uh, what those guys have as they, you know, they evolved this year, but man, I have enjoyed listening and watching NBC on, uh, on there. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is, is it's funny to watch Fox and then mm -hmm. and then NBC. They they actually uh, broadcast or produce mm -hmm. a show that's a little a little different. Mm -hmm. Fox does a little. I think they um, they tend to be a tighter shots. Yeah, NBC kind of winds it out. Yeah, uh, but I like that Fox brought you know Clint. Boy, you're in. I think, I think he did a good. I think he did a good job. I like to see who's going to take Jeff Gordon's position. I think Clint did a great job in his first year. Um, I do prefer NBC. I prefer watching NBC's broadcasts to Fox, though. They're just so much more. You know, I, I wouldn't call them prof more professionally done, but I just feel you know I get a better feeling watching NBC's than I do Fox's. Fox is goofy to me. <laughs> too goofy too goofy too overproduced uh you know um alan beswick 
so good on SRX. Yeah. I, I tweeted but this I mean, out. At, I mean, uh, when he was with MRN, and I mean, well, that's what I was getting ready to say. Is is I didn't realize how much I missed Alan Bestwick. <laughs> Until I heard him call that first SRX race, and holy crap, I I, I loved it, loved it, uh, loved listening to him. Dick Bergen, love love Dick. I uh, I mean, I, I, I got a fun. I mean, this- uh, Chris is Chris was right at the edge of my of my time watching NASCAR. Like I started watching NASCAR right around ninety two, ninety three, and Chris uh, Chris was on his way out of, of his CBS broadcasts by then I would do have a funny story about uh, Dick Bergen. Dick Bergen was one of the first people I ever met in a garage area at a NASCAR race. I was, I was shadowing AP's Jenna Fryer um, at the Coke 600 in 2008 and watched, got to, you know how they do the the interviews of people from the infield care center got to watch. I was standing right next to Dick Bergen as he was interviewing Brian Vickers after a wreck, um, in, in the right next to the media center. And I'll never, I was like, Holy crap, that's Dick Bergen. Oh my God. He was awesome. Well, you know, we can't forget our very own Joe Moore. Oh, Joe, of course. From here in the Commonwealth. Who who announced that, uh, Mm -hmm. Virginia motor speedway Langley, South Boston. I mean, there was, he did like three tracks a week when he was doing short track stuff. So, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, and it takes, and, and to keep all that information straight, if you're doing a bunch of different yeah. stuff, it's, it's yeah. talent. It's, it's next level talent. Something I'm trying, I'm going to aspire well, to gonna, be now. By the way, folks, if you come to Virginia Mercy Speedway, you may hear Mr. Brandon Brown on the mic. We're going to, we're going to let him. Oh my gosh. How about that? How about it? How yeah. about it? I'll do my best. How yeah. about that? I'm, I'll learn I still a lot. Want Antley to come and do a well. Know, do we some. should we should collaborate. I tell you, I tell you what. Here's here's what you should get. You should get a, a handheld uh, wireless down in the pits, so we could do a uh, do something down there. I've got that. You could do that. Well, then I mean, like have a cameraman. We can do that. Follow, too. Then we should do that. <laughs> That's what we should do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, man! I'm gonna tell you what, folks. This is this has been a lot of fun. It really has. Um, some great, great stories from Peyton today. Yes. Yes. Uh, learned a lot about him. Uh, we've had a great show. We hope you enjoyed that. We're back. Uh, that's the one we picked. No, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to put that on as we, uh, after we said keep racing Virginia, and then hit it with the oh you know, usually the, usually they bring in the music a little early and then they they, they I, it's, I I like the keep racing because it's such yeah. a it's such a concrete it hits okay. like and keep racing Virginia boom 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 all right all right I'll I'll start oh I'll do the uh, um what we talk uh, it was uh, some some great great stories from from Peyton Sellers too yeah. and uh, and we're going to have some some great guests on here in the near future as well can't wait we got some surprises some surprises for you we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to release that at this present time though oh, no we're not no we're not but maybe we can get them booked and then give you some time to give us some some, some, some questions. questions on social yeah, some social and maybe we'll come up with um, I know I can give some tickets away to Virginia Mercy Speedway yeah. I'm going to move on or give me some to Langley I'm sure Kathy give me some to South Boston maybe we can give some stuff away love it uh, yeah, and, and in the process of trying to promote all this but we can't thank you enough the, the, the listener really for putting up with us and listen to our gibberish uh, we're going to try to do a better job at giving you the inside information on these drivers that we have on. Sometimes we think we just stay around the the surface and we never get and dive deep. We're going to dive deep. We're going to dive deep. You're going to find out what size sock this guy wears. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I don't know. I was going to say what size underwear, but <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to know what their their undergarments are. But if, Dave. you know, um, more than anything, we need you to follow our social media at Racing Virginia, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we also got our YouTube channel. Yeah, we're going to change that up a little bit. I All think. right, I'm going to put the old show up there. Okay, we're going to cut it up and put stuff up there. Cool. That. Um, but there's a lot of good things coming out of it, out of this new. The new race of Virginia, as we want to call it. But, and again, it, it, it all comes down to you, the listener. 
and the fan. More importantly, we need to make sure we've already lost Southside Speedway. That's never coming back. That is a that is a definite never coming back. And we we do not need to lose any more racetracks in the state of Virginia. We are blessed with a plethora. I love that word. With with a ton of different type of racing, and and we I, be honest with you, racing Virginia, we have the most iconic racetracks in the in the country, and and we have the most uh, different types of racing. I mean, who has two NASCAR tracks? Two nope. and a half, if you want to do Bristol. Nah, <laughs> they're on two. the other side. I, right. hey, I was just, we were just there a few months yeah, ago. Sure. They are on the, they are on yeah, the Tennessee are, side. Yeah, they are on the Tennessee side. Uh, but they, we have two NASCAR tracks with each have two dates. We have uh, VMP that, man, they're killing it, by mm-hmm. the way. They were, they're doing a great job this year. If you see well. all the stuff that Tyler's posting on that social work. media, like, how like, does that guy do any work? I don't know. He, he posts the amount of stuff that he posts. He's just all over the place all the time. And they, yep. they're producing some great stuff over at uh, Virginia Motorsports yeah. Park. And we need to have him back on because I want to talk about his trip to Dubai. Mm-hmm. But I also want to talk to him. I, and I told you this in, in person. I didn't realize that drag racing was so hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. prepping a trek ain't easy. No, it's, it's, it's and I not. I think that he has given me... A, a a way to look in and see this because uh, he, he does it. Um, uh, it weather temperature. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but you know, there's a lot of tracks. We have asphalt. We have dirt. We have go karts. We have one of the best road courses. Why why we can't get NASCAR at a? Why can't we get rent NASCAR race at? I- VIR. I think uh, I think as as NASCAR evolves its schedule, um, I think it, it has to be a place that NASCAR will look to put one of its its top three series at. I, I think for, first of all, you know, having the two established ovals yeah. here in Virginia, you know, not no other no other um, state has two tracks yeah. with two separate race weekends. And then adding a third, I, w- I would hope that you wouldn't have to sacrifice races at Martinsville or Richmond, but that that might be something that yeah. they would would you consider to think about. Um, but if they could get one of NASCAR's or all three of NASCAR series at VIR, it would be one hell of a show. Oh hell, hell yeah! And they got a great great facility. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, I want to also point out, you know, South Boston, their sister track Pocono. Yeah, I, that surprised me. You know that two uh, two race weekend, you know two races for NASCAR on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, the amount of campers that were there. Was, they said it was a record. Yeah, I don't know how it was a record because of how many people came to the races in the nineties and early two thousands, but they said it was a record and the place looked packed and it was a uh, it was and they put and on the a couple of great I shows too. About this because. The, the folks from South Boston went and helped work that. Yeah, yeah. Saw so, them there. They were little, gave you a little inside scoop up in Pocono. That really yeah. cool stuff. Folks, racing is back, okay? And it's because of you, the fan. But don't mm-hmm. don't sleep on the short tracks. Nope. Okay? You need to make sure that you visit them. We do not, and I repeat this, we do not need to lose another racetrack here in the state of Virginia. So make sure that that you support your local racetrack. Um, a great race this weekend, obviously, South Boston Speedway with the Thunder Road Harley-Davidson um, 200 late model event. Uh, you know, that's if, – if you haven't been to South Boston, go check it out. Yep. Okay? More than anything, again, thank you for listening to us. And as always, we want to remind you to keep racing, Virginia. This has been a Speed Squad and Appletown Media Production.